welcome to the Orient Outlook podcast with myself, Steve Nussbaum, and my good friend, South Stand Chum, the bearded legend, the daddy-o, Mr. Paul Levy. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. And notice that you've now shaved yours. Out of admin, I'm a new man. Out of administration, fantastic. Uh, Welcome back everybody, this is episode 171, that conversation you would know if you listened to last week's show and possibly the week before that with Kent uh, and Nigel, Uh, but we've got a very special guest with us this week, Uh, arranged a little bit last minute, so thank you very much indeed for giving up your Sunday evening, welcome back, former CEO, current board director of Leighton Orient, welcome back, Matt Porter. Good evening, thank you. Thanks for coming on, Matt. So we've got quite a lot of questions. it won't surprise you to know what some of the topics um, are, uh, but um, I guess let's start at the, at the beginning, really, with, with this season. Obviously, it's been a long time since you've last on, so sorry about that. Um, what are your thoughts on the season so far, as it stands today? Well, listen, we'd all, be, we'd all take um, being top of the table in, uh, in, in early February, wouldn't we? You know, I suppose there's a little bit of disappointment from everybody that we're not a little bit further clear, but let's be realistic about it. You know, we are in a very good position. We're a pretty strong side. Um, I think, in all honesty, how many teams have we seen as play this year who we could honestly say, right, okay, they're better than us? You know, probably Salford that day at Brisbane Road, probably not anybody else. You know, um, so I think as we head into the final third or quarter of the season, whatever it is, we're in a very strong position to try and regain our league status. So Nigel and Kent uh, said all the directors did a league prediction at the beginning of the season. Uh, where did you predict? Oh, I can't remember. I didn't predict we'd win it because I don't tempt fate. Probably playoffs. somewhere in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair shout. Yeah. And no. Nigel said he had Solihull down I, as I, a, I would have certainly had Solihull, absolutely rock solid bottom, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't think I probably didn't do too much research into so it. So he's the only one with the foresight, which, which was quite impressive actually. Um, what's your favourite game you've been to so far? Because you, you don't go to all of them, but you get to as many as you yeah, can. Yeah, this right? season I. I really enjoyed um, the Haven't home game because it was a very easy win. And I really enjoyed the Chesterfield away game as well. Um, and as, I mean, as you say, I don't go to every game, which I did, I did used to, um, but I don't get a chance so much anymore. Um, I think I'm a bit of a bock on the away games. I've been away eight or nine times this season. Actually, I think Chesterfield's the last time I've seen us win. Yeah. So I've wow. really struggled on the away games <laughs> like Dagenham, Boreham Wood, uh, Eastleigh. Um, you know a few others that temporarily slipped my mind but regardless we didn't win them so <laughs> uh, I was looking because most of our remaining away games are in and around the M25 so I'm working oh, I can get to that one quite easily yeah. and blah 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 but maybe I should stay at home <laughs> <laughs> and those of you who have favourite games so far do you have a favourite goal this season I think mine in particular was Joby's free kick against Bromley just because it was yeah fantastic. that was good that was good and what looked good as well was that it was in the kit the, the, the Chevron kit and we had the big a big crowd in and stuff like that that was great I did like James Dayton's goal at Chesterfield um, it's always good isn't it when you're at an away game and you score a goal late you know who's going to win the game and then that really justifies the journey and the day and everything like so. that you know I was, I was thinking about those 439 fans that went to Hartlepool on Saturday it's an amazing effort regardless of whether the travel was whatever the travel yeah. was you know regardless of that for 439 people to go that far for a non-league football match is fantastic I looked up I think it was Boreham Woods home attendance was only like 500 or something like that so you know really away. good and then you think like you, you think imagine the, the you know the atmosphere on their supporters coaches or on the train yeah, yeah. on the way back if we'd have nicked the win you know so yeah probably I'd probably go with Dayton at Chesterfield for my favourite goal this season very good now, when we um, when we last had uh, Kent and Nigel on, we, you know, we were asking about the academy. It's a decision that's going to need to be made for the greater good of the football club. Yeah. Do you have any further conversations happen in your 
yeah, it's something, it's something yeah. we're talking about quite a lot. And obviously, I was involved in the EPPP uh, when that was first brought in, um, you know, a few years ago. So um, I, I do kind of have some input on this because I've worked with with an academy. I think the key thing to bear in mind is that the word academy is just a type of youth development, you know, and it's the type of youth development that you have to have if you fall in the elite player performance plan, which is obviously what the the football league um, or the the FA rather, you know, stipulations are and what the funding is related to and everything like that. I mean, the key point is if you're out of the football league for more than two years, you can't register your players anymore and you can't take part in the games programme. The games programme being us playing against all the other South East clubs, home and away, on a Saturday for the under-18s and a Sunday for the age groups down to under-9s. So if you can't take part in the games programme and you can't register your players, what are you doing? You know, it's almost like half-term football classes, you know, which is obviously not something that we, we want to get involved in. So that's worst-case scenario. If we're still out of the Football League, we have no choice. We can't stay in the, in the, um, in the academy system. You can still have college programmes, like Boreham Wood have got a very, very successful college programme. They've got 600 kids in it. Various other clubs are, have, have gone down that route. Um, you look at the Brentford model, they've got a B team, which probably was quite expensive, You know, might be a little bit out of our reach, but it's certainly a, an interesting model, one where you have lots of young professionals who you pick up from you know, other clubs and you, you look to feed them through to the first team. And then there's other clubs who've scaled their youth setups right back just so they look after the older age groups. So there are different decisions that will be made and most of it will be dictated by the status of the first team and therefore the club, um, You know, whether we're a National League club or a Football League club. But one thing's for sure is that we will, you know, we will be maintaining youth development at Lake Norian because it's something we believe is very important, something we've been quite good at over, you know, not just the last two or three years, but the last twenty or thirty years, possibly even longer. You know, so um, it might not be in exactly the same format as as it is today. Time will tell, um, but nevertheless, you know, it will be something that we, we can still offer. Good to hear. So academies, it shouldn't be scared if the word academy yeah, changes don't, don't to Don't get hung up on the word academy. Or... I mean, for years and years before, when it was the centre of excellence, you know, and now it's an academy. It's essentially the, the same, same principles. You know, yeah. you might have to have different facilities, different coaches, different support levels and things like that, but that's just because of the EPPP. You know, ultimately, it's still kids of the same age group on a pitch doing the same sort of drills taught by the same sort of coaches with the same kind of end results. Do you know what I mean? You know, so so the, the, the format and the makeup of it is really just there as a um, you know, kind of um, as dictated to by the by the by the higher bodies, you know. Cool. More great Hopefully that helps um, people um, at home listening. So thanks, Matt. We've got a few more questions throughout yeah, the uh, throughout the show, uh, which we'll come to later. But let's start as yeah. always with the uh, with the supporters club. Let's do it. So Matt spoke about away trips. So we have three trips uh, to tell you about. So first up, the supporters club are running coaches to Brackley for the FA Trophy game on Saturday, the twenty third of February. Departure time for this one is eleven a.m. This one kicks off at three p.m. And the cost for this one, it's a flat fare for all ages, 20 quid. What a bargain. Secondly, yeah. Saturday, 2nd of March, uh, sees us travel to Haven and Waterlooville. This one kicks off at 3pm. Uh, departure time is 10am. The cost for this one is £23 for adults and £20 for concessions. And last but not least, Tuesday, the 5th of March, this is one for the hardcore who make the journey to Barrow on uh, Tuesday, the 5th of March. This one departs at 11.30am, kicks off at 745 this is a mission this one this one will cost £36 uh, or £33 for concession so all those trips 
will cost a £3 if you aren't a member of the supporters club. Under-15s can travel for half price but must be with an adult. And remember that these prices do not include your match day ticket. And you can book uh, in the supporters club on a match day, uh, pre or post match, or by calling the travel line on 07722. One three five nine seven zero. Yeah, and additionally, the date for the next quiz at the Supporters Club is Sunday the 14th of April. We mentioned it last week, reminding you again, date for your diary, Sunday the 14th of April. Get your quiz hats on and get down to the Supporters Club starting at 6 o'clock. Uh, prices are £8 a head with a maximum of eight people per team. Food is included and there's also going to be a raffle on the night as well. To enter a team, simply contact Lee Deeran. He's on Twitter at Gorillas1985 or you can email him lnd85 at hotmail.co.uk or the good old-fashioned way in person by popping into the supporters club and asking for Lee or Simon. Simon, as you will know, will be just on the inside right of the door. Yeah, so obviously supporters club still going. Fantastic. Superb match Fantastic. I mean, it's just rammed out every every game, isn't it? And you see people out the front, even when the weather's bad and stuff's amazing. And they're not even smokers. <laughs> they're not even the smokers that are forced out the front. Yeah. It's just people, people just congregating. Yeah, yeah. No, it brilliant. is incredible. So trust update. So a very short one this week from the trust as they took Joe Woodison to Brightgrove <laughs> Primary School in Tower Hamlets. So year four pupils, which is age eight to nine, were very excited to have Joe join them for their PE lesson. They had the chance to ask him questions about his life and the life as a footballer before he led their PE lesson, taking them through a warm-up before dribbling, passing and shooting exercises. Hope he took his plimsolls. So, any other business as we move on You'd have now. to get the spare kit from, <laughs> yeah. the, from the, the box and in the, the corner where you forget <laughs> stuff. It's all smelly and unwashed. <laughs> <laughs> any other business then? Uh, Carol Langley, flower designer, offering Orient Outlook followers on Twitter and listeners a 10% discount of any order. Bearing in mind, it is Valentine's Day this coming Thursday. This is a reminder for everybody. Uh, they can be found at 33 Station Road in Chingford. That's E47BJ. You can call your order through 0208 529 or you can go online to uh, www.carol.langley.co.uk or just DM at EssexBiz on Twitter. So there are three ways to get in touch with them. Um, don't forget Valentine's Day this week, 10% discount at Carol Langley Flowers. Yeah. Well done, Mr. Romeo. So let's move on then <laughs> to the week that was. So I've already put my order in, but don't tell her. Okay, don't okay. tell her. All right, so Coulson, Monday... 4th of February. So Premier League Liverpool were at the home of football as they mm. used Brisbane Road for some match preparation before their Premiership game versus West Ham which finished 1-0. And Jurgen Klopp must have been impressed with the pitch though as he gave head groundsman Colin James his cap. I mean that took me by surprise. What a fantastic... Uh... Yeah really good. I mean Nigel's um, knows John W. Henry from the Boston Connection yep. with Dunkin' Donuts and the Red Sox and we've got a great relationship with Liverpool. Don't forget Alex Inglethorpe's up there as well who's oh, yeah. obviously very close with Martin um, but we've used um, we've used Melwood, Liverpool's yep. training ground. I mean clubs obviously when they travel overnight for away games they obviously find local training facilities and most sort of pro clubs swap, share, whatever, happy to let teams use their pitches as and when they can but um, I know certainly last year, and I'm not sure, maybe this year, but 100% last year we used um, we used Liverpool's facility as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, just um, just repaying the favour, I guess. Mm, very Amazing. good, Amazing. very good. Maybe we'll see some. I know people are going to go off on this tangent. Loan signings if we get back into the football league, it's it's a bit <laughs> a bit of a stretch, but you never know. Uh, anyway, at lunchtime, uh, this is still on Monday. At uh, lunchtime, the draw for the quarterfinals of the FA Trophy were made, and we were drawn away to current holders Brackley Town with a tie to be played on the 23rd. 
3rd of February. That obviously means that the file game will be rescheduled for a Tuesday night. We did mention it, uh, we did mention it last time, uh, but just worth a, a reminder. But um, yeah, I mean, we're looking at fixture congestion coming up here. Yeah, I mean, on first viewing, I thought this was an easy tyre, dare I say. But actually, I took a look at Brackley Town, and they look a pretty decent side, actually. I didn't actually realise they won the trophy last, last year, year as they yeah. beat... Uh, Chesterfield away in the last round as well so brilliant victory for them and they're six in the National League North so they're not having a bad season but no doubt you know it's a new ground for pretty much every Orient supporter so I reckon we'll pack it out and rig it behind the boys and there's not a station at Brackley Town either you either have to go to into Oxford and get a cab out or into Milton Keynes and get a cab out or something like that it's like it's a mission. So, supporters so club, think, 20 quid. Can't really ask yeah. me. That sounds like a sports club jobby if you're thinking of doing it. And I think Joe is doing a coach as well. The Sunshine uh, buses are, right, his title obviously, uh, are running yeah. uh, up there as well. I think he's got a few uh, spaces on that. I think that's Sunshine LOFC. So uh, if anyone's looking for a slightly alternative yeah, well, uh, bus to go up there, then uh, that would probably be a good place to start. And in the afternoon, we're still on Monday, uh, the club announced that defender Shadrach Ogie has been called up to the Republic of Ireland under-19 squad for games on the 4th and 5th of February. So good luck, uh, at the time, to Shadrach. Yeah, I mean, what a week, you know, that young man's head. He gets international clearance uh, and a contract on the Friday, makes his senior debut on the Saturday, and he gets called up to a national training camp on the Monday. Not Still still isn't clear, and I guess it's probably maybe not for publication, as to why it took so long for the Republic of Ireland FA so to... Shad was registered to a junior <coughs> club in Ireland, and then he came over and played for Hornchurch. And um, I don't know 100% of the details, but I don't think necessarily... That was all done in exactly the right manner. Um, nothing, you know, untoward. Untoward just, just didn't happen, you know, as a virtue of it being a junior club and a relatively small club, just didn't quite get their fee for paperwork in order. So uh, when we signed him, it, it, it took longer than we wanted. We've been on it quite a lot. A friend of mine works in the FA's registrations department who's been really trying to help us. Um, but we're low priority for FIFA, mm, you know. So um, it took a it took a while to get him uh, get him registered, but he's now and he's played already. So yeah, he has and he did very well. Seemed like a great prospect. Yep. So moving on then to Tahuay Tuesday, the fifth of February. Then the club announced the nominees for January's Player of the Month, uh, and they are as follows: Dean Brill, the Orient keeper, continues to impress and played every game in January, keeping three clean sheets in five matches. Yeah, next it was followed up by Macaulay Bond as the forward reached twenty goals for the season in January with a brace against Maidstone United. He also netted the winner against Dagenham and Redbridge with a pinpoint header. Next up was Dan Happy. He's not seen a lot of action this season, had to play alongside three different partners in January, but kept two clean sheets and proved to be a classy influence. His fresh partnership with Jamie Turley looks promising. For a young guy, Dan Happy is very, very composed on the ball, a la Matt Baldry composed. Like, doesn't get flushed or phased or panicked. He just deals with it and then does what he needs to do. I, I think it's such an impressive player. Yeah, he's by his time uh, yeah. very well considering yeah. I know he's fourth choice but again running the team. And last candidate was the very own Orient Outlook podcast sponsored Jordan Maguire Drew. So the January signing has made an impressive start to his life and he tends to go on the first goal on a 3 one over Maidstone United. His crossing ability with both feet and positional awareness suggests he is an impressive acquisition. So at the time me and uh, the bearded legend got together and said who do you think is going to win this and we both thought Dean Brill mm. would end up winning that I guess more on that a bit later yeah I think the fact that he's played most if not all the games this season and kept three clean sheets probably puts him in strong contention for that 
Um, so those were the nominees, um, but unfortunately there was some sad news um, as XO Matt, Matthew Brazier, uh, for those that will remember him, sadly he passed away at just, just the very young age of 42. He had a condition, a, 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 a cancer basically called non-Hodgkin follicular lymphoma. Uh, so uh, rest in peace, peace Matthew, and uh, our sincere best wishes to your young family um, and, and your friends. What, what a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah, Young, healthy very guy. Sad. I remember but... when we signed him, at, uh, along with Kevin Nugent from Cardiff, and he came in a very composed, you know, very composed midfielder, but also a very intelligent, articulate man who obviously had a life after football lined up. So tr- absolutely tragic that he wasn't able to go on mm. and 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 really make yeah. the most of that. Yeah, terrible news. And in the evening, two young O's were involved in international action. The Shadrach Ogi played 45 minutes for Ireland's under-19 side in a 2-1 win. And Hector Kipriani played 90 minutes, so the 4-90 in a one-all draw for the Cyprus under-19s against Romania. So a massive well done to Shadrach yeah. and Hector. Great experience. Yeah, very good. Really great well experience. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, really good for the pair of them. Yeah, really cool. Wednesday the 6th of February then, as we move through the week, yourself, Sam Chun's got it wrong, as Dan Happy was actually announced as the club's player of the month for January. So... Congratulations, Dan. Yeah, well great done, Dan. They're Justin. all worthy choices, to be fair. What a great headache for Justin to have, though, when Marvin and um, Josh come back. He's got Turley, who's yeah, outstanding I think he's been great in his first four games. Absolutely great. He's proper, rock-solid, old-fashioned centre-half, and then scored a goal already as well. So. Yeah, seems like he's fitting really well. So you've yeah. got Turley, and you've got Happy, who gets Amazing. player of the month. So yeah. talk about decisions for a football manager, but you know, what a great headache for Justin to have. So Play now... Play them all. Play them all. Yeah. <laughs> Put Josh and Marv just in front of them. Shore it up at the back. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it is going to be a tough choice. As it to will. Who, who, Very difficult. Like, do Josh and Marv just walk straight yeah, back and yeah. say, thanks, lads, for keeping my place warm? And yeah. Does Marv take to the bench as Josh is a senior pro? Compared, how? how? Well, yeah. you, you saw Marv down at the beginning of the season and walked in when someone was injured, made that spot his own. Yeah. And, you know, like we said, Turley and Happy have both done very well. So. Tough, yeah, tough decision, one, yeah. but a great decision to have to make. Yeah. Um, so then Thursday, the 7th of February, although not announced by the club, some Eagle Eye fans had seen that Matrim had put the West Stand up for sale for £7.75 million. So more on this uh, in a bit. Yeah, it's coming up very shortly. But the club announced also on Thursday that the upcoming home game versus Wrexham on Saturday, the 9th of March, has been selected for TV coverage and will now kick off at 12.35. And... Hopefully, it's a good chance to break our TV hoodoo after losing five and drawing two of the last seven on live TV. Yeah. And if we're still top come April, I think all of our games are going to be on live TV. So it's just we'll such see. an odd time, isn't it? Why 12.30? Uh, 12.35, not 12.30 or 12.45? I suppose it's, they it's, want to come on air at 12.30 and talk for five minutes. That's right. it. <laughs> right, okay. Right, all for the television. Uh, right, so the club tweeted that Joby McEnough had recently passed 700 career appearances and put up a compilation of all his O's goals to date using the hashtag uh, Joby700. Well done, Joby, and well done to the media team on another great idea. So the club's obviously put out uh, a compilation of all of Joby's videos uh, in an O shirt. For me, it's two, well, it could be a number of goals, but you know, the oval go at home. All those years ago it was a fantastic strike. Bromley home goal, like I mentioned earlier in the pod, was fantastic. Away Portsmouth uh, a few years ago as well, where you were there. And oh, got that was fantastic. an amazing goal from about mm. 35 yards out. He the first time, didn't he? Yeah, that was, I think, my first. But I know we say favorite, every week, but Joby McEnough is pretty really? much a year younger than me and still smashing it in the National League. And yeah, you can yeah. tell, like, when it's he plays, we, we look Such like a, a different team. Well, attitude's unbelievable. Just a great, great, great pro, great guy. Really big asset to the football club. Yeah, great captain. On and off the pitch. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah, really, really good. So well done that's Elliot and all the media team and a nice little tribute there to mm. Joby. So Mooney Friday in the 8th of February and the club out statement in response to the reports that the West End was being sold. I think Mr Levy has that. Well, you'd think that if I was a professional that I would have had this pre-planned, um, but sadly, um, for me, I don't. So now I'm going to have to go and find it. So, so I've got it. So got it. we can talk about it. So essentially, uh, the statement said, in order to finance the build and fit out of the Western North Stands, Barry Hearn, chairman of Leighton Orient, sold the virtual freehold of the West Stand to an unconnected third-party property company, which critically enabled the development of the West and North Stands. The potential sale is of the subleased portion of the West End currently occupied by the NHS and will not affect the club's use of the West End or the stadium as the club has its own separate lease relating to the club space it occupies in the West End. Matchroom Sport and Barry Hearn's pension fund who currently own the ground have been excellent landlords to the club and we look forward to maintaining a positive relationship with them moving forward. So basically in English, what does that mean basically? Well, Paul, you mentioned before when you read out, you read that Matrim has put it up for sale. It's, it's not Matrim has put it up for sale. Matrim don't own that that set part of the stand. I mean, I can read okay. you. There's an article here that appeared on PropertyWeek.com that somebody helpfully tweeted me actually. So yeah. I can, it's only short, so I'll, re, I'll read it out and it yeah. might give people a little bit of background. It says the West Stand at Leighton Orient Football Club Stadium in East London has been put up for sale. It actually says has but put up for sale, but we'll let them off a typo. <laughs> not entirely accurate. It's not the whole West Stand. It's the part of the West Stand that's occupied by the NHS and the Primary Care Trust at the moment. So, in layman's terms, that lift entrance down by the supporters club, and then some space on the second floor and some space on the fourth floor. Um, Glasgow-based fund manager Keels has mandated Allsop to market the seven-floor asset with an eight million pri- price tag. On the outside, the stand comprises a 56,000-square-foot medical polyclinic and a pharmacy. And then it goes on to talk about rent and yield and things like that. But basically, this was the part of the stand that was sold off um, by the club to generate revenue to rebuild the West and the North stands back before, uh, sort of, I don't know, before I became chief exec, I'd say it was probably 03, 04, 05, sometime around then. Um, so the, the current owner of it is, is selling it. So it's not Matram that have put it up, so that's incorrect. It, it's the owners of it. So basically, as my understanding is correct then, is that Barry sold it to a third party who built um, to enable us to build the West and the North Stand, facilitating in the West Stand this polyclinic, this NHS unit, if you yeah, like, yeah. that was on a lease to them. Yeah, it's and a virtual freehold. I think it's a very, very lovely lease. Yeah, years. whatever, 999, yeah. whatever. So yeah. from that perspective then, it doesn't interfere with anything to do with the no, club? No, it's nothing to do with the club whatsoever. The, club's got, the club has its own lease with Matrim's pension scheme for the stadium, the stadium part of the stadium, if you know what I mean. So yeah. the pitch, dressing rooms, the gallery, the Olympic suite. Oh, sorry, they've got new names now. So. Yeah, 1881. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Danny. Um, so all the, the club space is controlled by... A separate lease, so there's no relevance to the club on this for this space. It's not space the club has or has had, and it's you know it's not space the club uses. Fine, but I think the fundamental point here is it was sold to raise money to build. The, yeah, that's the right. Yeah, I mean the options obviously when you want to redevelop a stadium, you know if you don't want to borrow money, you have to raise money. So at the time we didn't want to borrow any money, um, and so the, you know we sold off various sections as you as you can see with the four corners on the. Uh, the plot as well, and also the the block behind the north stand. All that all that space generated revenue. So I think the consensus is that Barry Hearn's going to pocket a lot of money from this sale. But you can say 
that he won't pocket he anything because he, he already he's, kind he's, of handed he, over. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Okay. Cool. Yeah, so I think that pretty much answers. I mean, the one one thing I would say is because people are going to say, "Oh, Matt Porter works for Barry Hearn. He's this, he's that, this, that, and the other." So. Let's, I was appointed chief exec in March 2006. All of these kind of land deals, property deals, and everything were done by then. It was not, you know, I'm not washing my hands of it. I don't, I had no involvement in them. I don't really know too much about them. So um, people can ask me questions, and I'll answer as honestly as I can. But unfortunately, my answers aren't going to be that long because it wasn't something that I had any anything to do with. And that isn't me dodging it. And I'm not going to hide away from saying that to anybody's face or anything like that. It's not a problem. I'm not trying to be. Um, Whatever, I'm just being honest about it. It's, you know, it wasn't something um, that I had first-hand knowledge of, and I'm sure, to be perfectly honest, Barry would be more than happy to answer people's questions on it. So yeah, cool. Well, I'm glad you said that because there's a few questions coming up later in the podcast. Yeah, no problem. To, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too challenging, I think. So moving on into Saturday, yeah. the 9th of February, and it's time for the main event as the O's travelled away to Hartlepool back in National League action. So we ran a Twitter poll before the game to see how you thought the O's would get on this one. And after 275 votes in 24 hours, 65% of you thought Oint would win the match, with 21% thinking Oint would draw, and only 14% thinking Oint would lose that one. So as always, thank you for all of your votes. Absolutely. So the team lined up with Dean Brewer in goal. Judd, Turley, Happy and Widdersson were your back four, with Brophy, Lee, Clay and McEnough your middle four. And up front were Bond and Harold. Subs for this game were Sargent, OG, Lawless, Allaby and Sitorio. Yeah, so Miles, Judd and Brophy were back in the starting 11. Samling missed out through illness and JMD missed out through a calf injury with Shadrach Ogi and Raw Sitorio being named on the bench for me. It's a pretty decent team. Mm. Uh, I think we would have called that line-up apart from the injuries that have caught everyone out. Possibly could miss JMD, but still bringing in James Brophy, who's more than capable of doing the job. So I filled this out on Friday night, the team. I predicted the team, what would be, and other than Brophy and Judd, I had it I had it bang on. So it's yeah. great that you so can... other than the... Uh, you've got the, the nine obvious injured. ones, that's what you're trying to say. Basically, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I put Ling instead of Judd because I didn't know Ling yeah, had no, flu. Ling, yeah. So that, that I got caught yeah, out on. I didn't know JND yeah, had a calf yeah, injury, yeah. so... Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, so, the two yeah. I got caught out on were the two <laughs> unobvious ones. So, yeah, so I'm pretty pleased with that. Solid team, but it's great that we can name a consistent team. We've said it on this... I've said it on this podcast several times that to be able to name... The same yeah. team over and over. All right, you might become a bit predictable, but actually those players that gel together and operate as a unit far more tightly than if you keep changing and changing and changing. Yeah, uh, the less players you use uh, in, a, in a season, uh, from the basic uh, um, observations I've made, those teams go up. Um, and, and do well so yeah great stuff um, but again we're speaking about a player who's missing out due to injury in uh, Jordan yeah, so hopefully that isn't too bad I'm sure the club will kind of update us as in. When. Yeah, so we had a few week. tweets in on this we absolutely did so Gorillas1985 says I think we will miss JMD's pace also no real impact player on the bench with Brophy now starting hopefully Satoru comes with 20 minutes on to play Instead of Alibi. Yeah, and Leighton's finest 73 tweeted in and said, looks a strong side, but going to miss JMD. Yeah, Alan Gollidge said, delighted to see Ogie and Satori make the bench. We'll miss JMD, but time for Brophy to recapture his form. The team should be more than good enough for the three points. Absolutely. So the match kicked off on a cold and windy day on the northeast coast with many O's fans in attendance. Thanks to the three coaches from Dream Team as we were looking to make uh, th- to get three points and stay top of the National League. And obviously... Uh, an attendance that was bumped virtually by the fact that um, it was available for live stream. I mean, that's come on leaps and bounds. I mean, I bet you wish back in the day that you had yeah, this facility. Think, yeah, I mean, it's great well. that the National League are allowing us to do it as well because obviously um, 
until recently when the football league brought in that I follows I follow scheme. Mm. You know, all their rights were, were owned by um, were owned by Sky, and so in the National League, BT only really concerned with the games they show live, which does open up opportunities for um, for you know the other matches for overseas fans. So. You know, it probably doesn't help 95% of our fan base who live here in the UK, but for those that are yeah. exiled, then it's a great opportunity to stay in touch. Yeah, I mean, they would have had last week against Blythe streamed, obviously, yeah. this week. Yeah. I presume Bracknell... Well, the FA Trophy's OK because uh, nobody really owns the FA mm. Trophy right. TV rights. I mean, <laughs> welcome to snap them up if you like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I put the finals on BT, isn't it? But nothing else is shown. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's quite easy to obtain permission from the FA. But the, um, you know, getting the, the National League permission... Uh, it's taken a while, so it's good yeah. that you know it's good that it's happening now. So off on a slight tangent, then, and maybe you, you might not know the answer to this, but if we, if hopefully we get promoted this mm. season, is this sort of thing likely to be restricted yeah, it, a lot more heavily in the football league? It's, no, it's it, it's likely to it will we'll fall into the what's called the I follow monthly setup, which is basically the same thing, but it's part of the centralised football league um, website setup set rather than something we're doing on our own. Okay. So at the moment, we're the only club in the national league doing it. You know. Um, one of the only clubs that would have sufficient demand, I would imagine. But uh, in the football league, I think you know fifty odd, maybe sixty odd of the clubs do it anyway. Oh, okay. What stream to fans abroad? Yeah, it's called iFollow. Right. Um, and you oh, just it's, it's, like it's like the, the the old days of Orient Player or oh, whatever, but yeah, you know. Yeah. But, but right. you, 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 it's now got live streaming for overseas fans for well. midweek games. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, I think all games, not just midweek. Okay. Yeah. That's a great news for foreign Orient fans. And just to touch up my dream team again. I think obviously a few people were sceptical at the beginning mm. of the season, but you know, Dream Team being fantastic. So yeah, far, been free really coach, good, is obviously there for the love yeah. of the game TV series. Yeah. I mean, I've said, I don't blame people's scepticism because obviously, you know, it, the Sun can be a controversial newspaper, but the the way the Dream Team the, the Dream Team have covered the club has been absolutely fantastic. The resources they've put behind it and they've been so positive, and it, it's obviously helped that we've done well. Mm. But nevertheless, they've been a fantastic sponsor. Really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah, and Andrew being an Orient fan as well, it's like Christmas come several Christmases come early. Yeah, 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 absolutely for, for him as well. Yeah, so yeah. fair play. Yeah, so the game started and Hartlepool started with two attempts on goal in the first five minutes, but nothing that caused Dean Brill any trouble. Serious danger for us in the fifteenth minute, though, as a Hartlepool counter attack sees Hawk inside the Orient penalty area. And just as he's about to pull the trigger, young Dan Happy dispossessed him and cleared the danger with a superb interception. He reads the game very well. He does he's read the game really well. Dan he Happy. really does. It's, a, it's an incredible trait that not everybody has. Makes me happy. It makes me happy. Absolutely. So seven minutes later, Captain Fantastic Joby McEnough gave the O's the lead with a deflected strike. As Matt Harold held the ball up, set up the opportunity for McEnough to shoot from just outside the area. Joby's shot takes a deflection, flies into the back of the net and it was 1-0. I think it was so more than one deflection there. Was it? I think it looked like a couple of deflections from what I saw. Doesn't matter how it goes in. It went into the back and out. One up. Well played, Joby. Uh, seems fitting that he scored after the club's uh, tribute in midweek. And, you know, Harold gets a lot of criticism uh, from certain sets of fans. Maybe he doesn't score as much as what he should do. But done really well there. Held the ball up. Played think, it into Joby's path. And Joby finished. I think Matt Harold's last four or five appearances, have, he's been excellent. You know, if you look when he comes on, the amount of headers he wins. He holds the ball up. He uses it sensibly. Yeah, okay, maybe he's not scoring that many goals, but ultimately he's not getting a huge amount of pitch time. So I think his his contribution in the last um month or so, probably he had a couple of sub appearances before he scored at, at Wrexham that penalty. And then he's had a couple afterwards. I, I didn't really see Saturday, so I don't, I don't know, but you know, as you say, he got the assist. Yeah. So I think I think he's, you know, unfairly um, criticised in, in some quarters. It's, it's a tough gig for a striker because you're always going to be judged on goals. Yeah. 
always. So if on his record it will make a X amount of appearances yeah. in one goal, yeah, it's not yeah. going to look good no, for someone doing their research on him, you know. But if you look at the games that he did play, and like you say, he's holding up plays, bringing mm-hmm. others in, they're scoring goals. It's because it is a team game, but strikers will always be judged. Oh, yeah. we're signing a striker. What's his goal to game ratio? Yeah. Always. Yeah, absolutely. As you'd expect. Yeah. It's boy well, by the goal. We go looking for a second and Bond had a chance in the 34th minute but his shot's closed down by a defender. Yeah, and from the official club Twitter feed at Leighton Orient it said in the 37th minute great move from the O's there. Clay wins the ball back and finds Brophy who switches play to McEnough. The skipper advanced into the box and played a 1-2 with Widdison before he set Brophy for the shot which was eventually blocked by rain, so oh, yeah. nice intricate moves there. Got, yeah. the, got the skills and the capacity to do that. It's yeah, good. we've been close again five minutes later. It's Charlie Lee's long throw run was flipped by Jamie Turley to McCauley Bonnet at the back post, but he was on the stretch and could only prod the ball wide. That was close there for the second. And you yeah, think if we would have gone two up, we would have cruised it in the second half. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have put that, you'd have changed the course of the game obviously for that for that half. And it sounds like a training ground routine. And saw that sort of clip of the video um, of, of the highlight where Turley's done that that run. And uh, from no. you know what he did the, uh, at the at the last home yeah. game where he's come sort of off, almost it. off the pitch and then sort of got his run and leap, um, but Maka was like extremely close. Just got caught under his feet and he yeah. ended up putting it just a, a, a I don't know what a few inches wide of the post. Yeah, so three minutes of additional time were played in the end of the first half and in the final minute the Hartlepool danger man Nicky Kabamba that's a wicked name popped up to side foot home equaliser as a ball fell to him from a long ball. And he finished well. So disappointing, obviously, to concede so close to half-time. I don't think yeah. Brew had a chance there. Good finish. Uh, and Kabamba, his third goal in three games since joining Hartlepool, joins a very uh, elite list, I read, but fantastic, though. Good finish. Yeah, and he was in form. He was a danger man. But the half-time whistle went shortly after with Hartlepool and the O's going in level at one all. Attendance for this game was 3,297 with 439 away fans. What's that, 15%, give or take? About that, fifteen, fourteen percent. I mean, of their of the capacity, were were Orient fans. I mean, but, I mean, you can argue Dream Team took four coaches up there, but that's a that's, that's an all day. Yeah, I mean, regardless, of that, you watch the highlights yeah. sometimes from Hartlepool, and there's like a few in the corner somewhere, isn't there? You yeah, know? and, and when, when I when I saw it, and it was sort of every block except one, and that away end was pretty much full. It was fantastic. You yeah, know? I mean, it's like when we went to Ebbsfleet the other week. You know, packed that terrace behind the goal there, their biggest away attendance in in. Uh, 17, uh, sorry, their biggest overall league attendance yeah. in 17 years or whatever it was. There'll be clubs in this division who you know will really not want to see, see, see us go, go up in the same yeah. way when we used to have Leeds and Sheffield Wednesday and all coming down and, and all that lot, yeah. people gave us stick for giving them 3,000 tickets. But sorry, guys, you've got to pay the bills, Real you know. Gave all the East Stand, didn't yeah. Yeah. Rightly as well, Absolutely. to be fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, second half kicked off and the O's came out unchanged. Yes, yeah, so Hartlepool started sharper in the second half, they had a couple of attempts at our goal. But nothing that wasn't dealt with. But just before the hour mark, Joe Widdison was judged to have fouled their man, Luke James, inside the penalty area. And the referee had no hesitation and pointed to the spot. Now, that was from a counter-attack that we'd lost the ball in the edge on the edge of their box. And they've counter-attacked us. And Joe, all he, I see what he's done and why he's done it, but he's given the referee a decision to make. When if he'd just stood up, we had Judd and... Um, uh, clay covering so he didn't really need to go in on the guy just stand him up and either shepherd him away or, or or just stop him because the guy had lost momentum at that point so it's a shame to have given that penalty away but all's well that ends well do you know what I don't think the had done anything wrong there I just thought their feet got tangled the play goes down Zero was going to point to the spot just tangle their feet yeah I think we've seen him given an upstep Liam Noble 
uh, from the spot, but Dean Brill guessed the correct way, saved the penalty, and even held onto the ball to stop any potential follow-up. So another save from Dean Brill from the spot this season. Been quite a few. Uh, yeah, two. I could away at Dover. Was there yeah. any more? No, exactly. yeah, two. So two in the last month or yeah. five weeks, fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. great. Really I mean, good. to save two in the two, one in yeah, the season, a, a, a yeah. blessing to save two. I mean, he's yeah. doing really well. Yeah. Um, I mean, the odds are always stacked against the keeper and in favour of the striker or the penalty taker. So the fact that he saved it, I mean, it's brilliant. So I mean, it's kept yeah. us in the game, really. Poor penalty, but you still need to get down and save it. He's an excellent shot stopper, Dean. Yeah, very good. Very good. Gets down well. So one all still. Sixty eighth minute. Orient's first substitution is Matt Harold. Is replaced by James Allaby, and again, I've got to say, you know, well done to Harold for the assist. Good to see Allaby getting on the pitch. Um, although some fans arguing why not Satori. I think Satori is a young player, kind of excites fans. Yeah. I guess we don't really know what we're getting with Satori to a certain extent. I think it's, it's you know, when Justin talked in his post-match interview about game management, you know, we're away from home. It's imperative we don't lose the game. First and foremost, when you go away, do not lose the game. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Unless you have to absolutely have to win to stay up, go up, whatever. Do not lose the game. So. He's looking at the experience of Alavi compared to, to Raul. Maybe he saw something in the Hartlepool ball defenders that he thought James is more physical than Raul, you know. So I don't think, you know, Raul's come on a couple of times and, and looked really, really promising. And there's no doubt he'll have, he'll have a future in it and, and hopefully a long career. But yeah. just because he's not getting 20 minutes every week now, I wouldn't sort of start reading mm. that into, you know, into too much in respect of his long-term prospects or anything yeah, like yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. So a minute later, JB McEnough cut in from the left and shoots low at the goal, but Loach did well to save and the ball rolled out uh, for a corner. He just pushed that round. Good round save, that captain yeah. leading by example, trying to get the second. So fast yeah. forwarding to the 80th minute, we made our second sub as Alex Lawless came on for Charlie Lee. <clears throat> Wasn't sure if that was, a, someone said that was an injury. Do you know anything about that? No, Charlie I mean, Charlie's injury? had a, I've, I've not spoke to anybody since, but Charlie's had a, a couple of knocks, hasn't he? So um, I guess his body just needs a bit of, uh, managing, bit of bubble wrapping every now and again. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So nothing of note really in the final 10 minutes of this game and the board went up for five additional minutes. Yeah, 91st minute in Brophy squared the ball for Allaby, controlled, but saw his shot blocked. And in the 92nd minute, a well-worked move, saw a cheeky back heel from Brophy, played the ball into Willowson from a tight angle. Or Willowson shot hard at goal. But loads saved well, and that is a really good save. And if that goes in in the ninety second minute, we've got a very different outlook uh, at the end of this match from where listeners and followers on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. the forums. Yeah. And the forums. Is it doom yeah. and gloom again? Is it? <laughs> Always is. Do you know what? It's, it's two camps again. You've got the ones who go, why haven't we signed players? Yeah. What are we doing? We're yeah. blowing this. Yeah. And the ones who go, don't worry, we're still top. Do, do you know It'll what it is? Right. It's just nerves, isn't it? It's nerves. We're top of the league in February, and only one team goes up. If it was three automatic, probably people would be a little bit more relaxed. But yeah. nobody wants to still be in the National League. So. And no I one wants to go up by the playoffs. Because our record in the playoffs. Well, well, hey, you said nobody wants to go up by the playoffs. No, everybody wants to go up by the playoffs. Nobody wants to take the risk of having yeah, to go up yeah. by the playoffs. You That's know, what I mean, more eloquently. I think if, we, if we can all live long enough to see us winning the playoffs again <laughs> after Wrexham thirty years ago, yeah. whatever it was, then then great. But it, it's going to get nervy. There's no two ways about it. You know, look, nobody in the top five is on particularly good form. You know, I mean, yeah. we, we keep talking about all people keep saying to me, Salford didn't pick up any points. Never mind Salford. What about Solihull? What about Solihull? You know, silent like, assassins, aren't they? Moving you know, up. And yeah, and no, everyone, everyone writes them off. You know, two thousand to one to win it or whatever. Well, I, I wrote them off. I Nigel think didn't. But when, yeah. Ken and I, when Ken and Nigel won the pod, I think Ken made a really good point. So when he went out with Justin, and Justin says, out of the five teams up there, there's four teams with massive expectation and yeah. fan base going, come totally. on, what are you doing? Yeah. And Solihull just sitting back yeah. and going, we're just yeah. enjoying the ride, no pressure on their back. So. The only thing I would say about Salford is look at their running. It's not bad. 
It's, a, it's not bad. I'll swap ours for theirs. Right, okay. Yeah. okay. yeah. I haven't looked at The last half dozen games or so. Okay. But, you know, hopefully by then they'll be so far behind it won't matter. We hope so. We hope so, Matt. So in the fifth minute of injury time, the O's had one last opportunity to take the three points. So we forced a corner, but Jamie Taylor's header was wide as the referee brought the game to a close shortly after as the O's gained another point in their quest for promotion. So we weren't there yesterday, uh, but Dave Victor was. He got up with Justin after the match and here is what Justin Edinburgh had to say post-Hartlepool. Well, Justin, thanks very much for joining us. Was that a point gained? I always think that, uh, you know, on the road, any, any point's valuable. I think it was a tough encounter, very scrappy. The conditions were, were not great. But, um, yeah, no, I think it's a, definitely a look at it as a point gain today. I'd imagine you'll be disappointed with the manner in which the equaliser was conceded. Yeah, I think that would be... Uh, uh, Disappointment today is our game management. You know, at times where we were in good positions, had the team on the back foot in our own half, um, but we just never seemed to manage the, the play behind that. And you know, one or two times we got caught in a counter attack today, which very unlike us. So, and and, and the goal a bit much like that. You know, it's a bit scrappy, but you know, with five ten seconds to go, we've got to be seeing that out. What about the penalty? Any arguments with the decision? I haven't seen it. I mean, obviously, from from where I was, it was very difficult to see. Um, yeah, once it's given, it's a, you know, Dean, the form he's in, he's, he, he's earned us the point today um, with a great save. You know, barring that though, Dave, he's not had a lot else to do. You know, he's he saved the penalty and picked the ball out the back of the net. But other than that, you know, with the majority of the play, I believe, was in, in their final third. You know, they got some good blocks in today. Uh, one or two of them looked like they were going to be nestling in the back of the net. But, yeah, it wasn't to be, you know, but... Like I say, I think um, I, I like the character of, of the performance rather than the play. But um, yeah, no, obviously, um, going back to it, I, I couldn't really see if it was a penalty or not. Dean Bull has been your ever-present and he has been outstanding, hasn't he? He has. Um, you know, epitomises, you know, for me, what we're about this year. It's, uh, he's, he's reliable. He's, his game management is... is Experience is vital, you know. In today's game, again, he comes out and uh, you know makes that good save from the penalty and, and keeps us in the game. The lead at the top's been cut to just one point now, but Salford losing at Braintree, the National League is incredible, isn't it? It is. It's getting tight. Um, but we spoke, you know, over this week as a group, and you know, we we can only affect ourselves, our games. Um, difficult place to come here and you know the top four have got to come here and they'll find that difficult so it is getting tight but you know it's still top by a point and that's a, that's a fantastic achievement still top despite all the absentees uh, Jordan Maguire drew one of the latest what's the news regarding his calf injury yes uh, just it'll be okay for next week I believe uh, just game come too quick for him um, you know we have one or two playing with a few knocks out there again today at the end but uh we're hoping, you know, that but by the come the end of this month that we should be getting reinforcements in the terms of the returning players from injury. So Jordan should be fine now. Uh, Josh Colson, Marvin Ekpetit are out running. Um, so James Dayton's out running now. So, you know, it, it's going to be a real boost with reinforcements because we're going to need them going into that busy period. Sam Lingill? Yes, uh, tonsillitis. But, um, like again, you know, it was... Uh, 
decision, obviously, where we come up yesterday, we, we made a decision to leave my own because of travelling on the coach, being around the players. We didn't want it to spread, so um, I'm, I'm sure that'll clear up by next week. It wouldn't be a post-match interview if I didn't <laughs> ask you about signings and I didn't ask you about uh, Jay Simpson, so I'll change it slightly. Is there any player at the moment you would like to bring in? Oh, I, listen, Jay's training with us. Um, we're very interested in him. I think that um, we're in a position where we've we've spoke at the latter part of this week um, with him, and and you know we've 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 put it to him what we we feel we can uh, offer him. He knows what we're about, so we'll see if them. them talks can go any further. Finally for me Justin, it's a long way, I know that uh, Dream Team meant that the, the, the coach travel yeah. was free, but amazing travelling support Absolutely, you know, you, you have to take your hat off to them, people they've left early, you know, okay they've put the travel on but they're still the expenditure of the match day ticket you know, to come here today um, was a remarkable you know, uh, of what they've did and what they've done all season so, you know, delighted that we could send them home obviously not as happy as we'd like but Again, another valuable point on the road and we still sit top of the league. Thank you, Justin. Thank, Thank you. So that was Justin Edinburgh post Hartlepool. So Sam Link has tonsillitis. JMD hopefully is back next week. And Jay Simpson is talking to the club and as always a massive thank you there to Dave Victor for sending over his yeah. interview and also Marv, Dates and um, Josh are all out running again so from, <coughs> yeah. from that perspective you know progress is being made I'm going to have to ask you and I'm sure it's going to come up at some point Jay Simpson any progress what Justin has said uh, you, you need to ask Martin Link. I, I, don't, I don't do this anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm part time, mate. I'm on the outside. Had to ask. Yeah, no, to I ask. mean, the progress is that he's been training with us for a while, as everybody knows, and you know, the conversations have been had about, um, you know, what what his feelings are for the future. So mm. obviously, the January transfer window's come and gone. Probably, you know, you'd say that puts Jay in a stronger position yeah, as a free agent. Yeah. Um, so no doubt he'll be assessing his position, and you know, and then he'll, he'll have to make a decision because obviously, before long, he'll need to play a game for somebody. You know, you can't. Yeah, yeah. He obviously left Philadelphia Union a good while ago now, so you, you know yeah. he's got to, um, you know, he's got to probably get some games in before the end of the season for us or anybody else. You know, for his own career's sake. Yeah, so. it's like we were chatting about Jay Simpson earlier, weren't we? And we were saying that whoever he signs with, if he doesn't do well there. There's a sort of bit of a question mark over his name, isn't there? That's yeah. that's especially that's a, a challenge, for especially him. at a national league club. I think. I think if he went to a league one club, he'd be all right. If he came yeah. off a couple of appearances and he get a go, I think if he goes national league, and it is difficult for players when you get into sort of late February, March time, and they start thinking about next season. If they don't have a contract for next season, and then they have an opportunity to go out on loan or sign for somebody short term, in the back of their mind would be, you know, if I don't do particularly well here, where does that leave me in the summer? Are you almost better off keeping your powder dry, you know? But then you've been. Then the flip side of that is you've been out for a long time. time. So they've yeah. got it's a it's yeah. a balancing act, you know. As you say, if you're a centre forward and you sign for somebody now, any player signs for any club now, he plays a dozen games and doesn't score a goal. And that club releases him in the summer. Someone is then more of a risk mm. than he than yeah. he, you know. It, it's difficult. Um, yeah. And that's not. I'm not talking about Jay Simpson or Lake Norrington. There, I'm talking generally Gentlemen, about footballers yeah. and football. So it's such a you know, decision. Yeah. They've got to be brave and decide what you know what they want to do. So despite that draw, uh, we are still top of the pile as our draw coupled with other uh, another impressive uh, win for Solihull means that we are top by just one point now. Uh, they've closed the gap on us quite considerably. We've now played 32, won 17, drawn 10 and lost 5. We've got 61 points on the board with 30 
plus goal difference. But it's worth noting that four points separate the top five of Orient. Solihull, who beat Ebbsfleet 1-0 away yesterday. Wrexham, who beat Dagnum 1-0. Fylde, who drew 1-0 at Maidstone. And Salford, who lost away to Braintree. I mean, for me, that was the shock of the day. 94th-minute goal doesn't get any... Uh, Game on. Well done, Braintree. I'm sure both the Salford fans travelling home would have been really upset. Yeah, upset. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. But obviously, Wrexham, you know, they've just got a new manager in, so see what happens with their... Solid no one expected. Salford, everyone's expecting to surge at some point as we yeah. all unfold. Got a great goal scoring. Danny Ray, obviously, yeah. they still got to come to us. So, Wrexham, we got to go to Solly Hall. So, I think Fylde are the dangerous Still got to play. I, th- I think Fylde are the dangerous team out of all of them. I like what Dave Challen has done there. I think, obviously, Ro- well. Rose are danger. I think they're a well organised club. Yeah, and they still to come to the Brave People Stadium on a Tuesday yeah. night now. Yeah. So, yeah. that will obviously get pushed back and obviously and both clubs progress into the FA Trophy. So, hopefully, that to our advantage then, that they've got to come down on a Tuesday, or it doesn't make any difference. I guess it depends what situation both clubs are in when we play the game. Stick a few road cones out on the North Circle, see if we can get them to a seven forty-three and kick off on time. Thank you on that one. Very good. So your views on yesterday's game, Mr. Levy? Yeah, I mean, would have taken a draw uh, before the game kicked off. So really pleased with that result. I think if you draw away and win at home, I think you're going to be pretty much yeah, nailed okay. on. Um, to, to, to go up but in Joby McAnuff you know such a nice guy um, we've really got a captain who leads by example and there aren't too many players who play 700 uh, professional games and still have the impact that he does he's an absolute consummate professional yeah. and an absolute uh, gent as well um, concerned about our growing injury list though um, we, how we've racked up so many injuries um, it's, it's obviously quite alarming uh, I know they're being managed I know we've got a terrific uh, medical team at the club but nonetheless the players are, are getting injured um, and a huge well done to the, as we've already said to the 439 or, uh, fans who made the journey and while the, we did say that the coaches are free yeah you still have to pay for your ticket you still have to take 11 hours out of your day to travel there and back um, and to sit on a coach for five hours is not my idea of fun. So, you know, kudos to, to the 250 or 300 yeah. people that did it. Yeah, for me, I think a point's a good, good result under the circumstances. Yeah. Good to see Joby get another one. He knows how to hit the ball. I think if we go two up, it would have been game over there, but they probably go back and it's a different team talking. Hartlepool came out of the initiative. I think Brill, for me, one of the unsung heroes of the season. It's made another vital save. I think we go 2-1 down with half hour left. It's mm. it's a different game. Difficult to get back into it, but... Like you said, massive kudos to travelling fans. Well done, Dream Team. Uh, and I've already said it, but I think Dream Team has been outstanding this season. Uh, and well done to the club and the National League for Hartlepool for streaming. But there's only 14 games left now, so mm. it's getting close to the end. We're still top. We yeah, all, all top. would have taken this after 32, 32 games this season. If you'd be top by a point, where everyone at the fan would have bitten your hand off. Yeah, you. I think you're right. I suppose the context of whether it's a good point or not depends on... As you say, Paul, win your home games, draw your draw your um, away, away games. You know, if yeah. we beat Maidenhead on Saturday, mm. then you look at it and say, okay, seven points from nine with Maidstone, um, Hartlepool, and, and Maidenhead. Then it's a good point, and you know, if you if you don't beat Maidenhead, then it's uh, mm. four or five points from nine, which yeah. is less, you know, less less desirable. Less desirable. Yeah. So, you know, I think you. We've always, and this is one of Martin Ling's things. He's said this before in public. We've always looked at it in blocks of six. Set yourself a points target from each block of six to get you to where you want to be at the end of the season. Some games, some blocks of six, you'll say, well, you know what, we might get 14, 15 points or, you know, certainly 12 or whatever. And then others, you'll say, this is a tougher block. Maybe we'll be happy with eight or nine, you know. So uh, I don't know where we are in our current block of six, but I think rather than look at it in isolation as a point, which is always easy to do, of course, but I think look at it in in terms of a, 
a month's run and mm. see how that, see how that yeah. fits. I remember in. having Kent uh, like early in the season, I think four or five, we were, like, we were top, and he was like, I'm not going to look at it until 12 yeah, yeah, games yeah, in because yeah. it's, yeah. it's just not no, what this paper's written yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, yeah, all right. So time for your views in. So huge amount of feedback uh, into Orient Outlook as there is every week. So thank you to that. And just because we read these tweets doesn't mean we agree with them. Matt, if you hear anything you agree with or disagree with, feel free oh, to... Sure to step in so we crack on with Ron Sampson 15 who says we need to win away it's three months since we did in the league I wish the owners had invested last month to push us over the line it's squeaky bum time now for a few weeks uh, El Coado said feels like two points dropped but if not for that penalty save we'd be coming away with absolutely nothing from the day we really do need a decent experienced striker before next week's games I just can't see Alibi or Harold bringing anything to the team anytime soon uh, Dax Duda says not taking our chance again to capitalise on some of the top six teams losing win will we take our chances Bazal 73 said good to keep picking up the points but not winning away puts more pressure on us to win at home seemed to be lacking up front though Alibi did have a couple of chances towards the end Lubert 84 comes up uh, positively by saying a point gained in my opinion with a lot of key players missing top work from Brill for the penalty save and we just need to get working hard and pick up every point we possibly can on the way Matty LOFC Evans tweeted in and he said it's evident that we are starting to lose momentum right when we should be pushing for the on for the finish we need a new striker to come in or Satoru to be given game time anything to help Bond I really do fear we could be close to blowing our chance of winning the league Richie J Bourne says Brill won us a point but we really are a striker in commanding midfield delight surely Link could do a deal with a championship side to lend us a goal threat or two so go on I'll let you I was oh, just about no, to I ask just... you the question but I know what you're going to chime in with Oh, I mean, look, it's so easy, isn't it? Surely Link can do a deal with a championship club. We have 24 phone calls, isn't it? Just phone all 24 of them up and see who wants the lenders the best striker. It doesn't work like that. It's not that easy. We're in the National League. We're not that desirable. If you're a championship club and you've got a young player who's going to go out on loan or you fancy for your first team, you want to send him to League 1 or League 2. OK, we're a big National League club, but we're still a National League club. We're still playing National League football. So get out of the mindset of we're at the top of League 1 and we can go and get Harry Kane on loan or somebody like that. You know, I know it wasn't the Harry Kane it is now, but yeah, you know, yeah. you get you get my point, right? It's not like that anymore. You know, I know that some of the names that have been discussed, and to be brutally honest, some of them might not excite people that much, but they are players who are realistic for us to sign yeah. at national league level. Now, Justin's you know explained the position on Jay Simpson, you know, and you know that that would obviously be a name that would excite people. But that's a totally unusual scenario that an ex-player who's from the local area has come back from abroad mm. and needed somewhere to train. You know, I mean that doesn't happen every day of the week. So yeah. if you look at it in the general transfer market um, world and say, okay, right, so who would like to set what what sort of player are you going to get on loan in the in the national league? Are you going to get the best player from Chelsea's youth team, Tottenham's youth team, Arsenal's youth team, even QPR's youth team, or whatever? No, you're not. Because they're going to go to a club like a Stevenage or a Colchester or a Gillingham or someone who's playing or League South One End. or League or South yeah. End, someone who's playing League One or League Two football. We're going to get the next ones below that. So they're either sixteen, maybe not sixteen. They're either seventeen, you know, they're second year scholars, whatever, first year pros, um, or they're players who they just don't fancy. Someone they've signed it hasn't worked out or whatever, you know, and they may be trying to re- reassess reassess their level. So we, we we've got to be realistic about this. Martin and Justin don't just sit there and go, oh yeah, it'd be good if we sign a striker, wouldn't it? But let's not bother looking who's out there or making any calls. Of course they're doing that all the time. You know, it's their job. It's what they do. They're professionals. They know how to achieve success. They've both you know, had success as managers and they know how to build successful squads. So they're doing that. But you've got to look at 
the nature of the player. Is he from, you know, is he is he the, the right type of player that's going to come into the team? Is has he got a good fitness record? What's his goal scoring record like? Where does he live? Does he want to come and move to London? Maybe his missus is pregnant. Maybe he's just had a kid. Maybe he doesn't like London. Maybe he isn't a good traveller. You know, all these different different environments. Maybe he's just come back from six weeks out. So if we sign him and he has a relapse, you know, then he then he, he it's going to be a blown you know. Blown joker in the uh, supporters club quiz night sense of the word, but <laughs> look, in, in all seriousness, it's not. You don't just say right. Let's just go and sign a striker. That is so easy. It's not a computer game. Yeah. You know, it's got to be the right yeah. person. And also, you have to look at it as well and say, okay, what, what's our fixture run over the next few games? We've had quite a lot of FA Trophy matches. You know, in in this sort in this sort of spell where some of the players who aren't playing in our first team would be playing. I'm playing in our league first team necessarily would be playing in the trophy first team, so that you know that sort of again changes the dynamic of who you who you'd be looking to bring in, mm. um, you know, and and it, it, this is being worked on, guys. I promise you, you know that they are aware of the situation, they know who they want to bring in or what type of player they want to bring in, and they're working on it, you know. But it, it's not about I, I read, you know, the, the board should have strengthened. Like it's not our decision, you know. We're it, it's a footballing decision and I can tell you that Nigel and Kent have backed Martin and Justin at every single opportunity they've asked for a player every single opportunity you know the budget was set and then the budget has been exceeded it's been exceeded with Jordan Maguire Drew it's been exceeded with Jamie Turley it'll be exceeded again if there's another player brought in and the club will lose more money at the end of the year because of that you know now they could take an alternative view and say well no that's the budget Maybe as Barry did in the past, you know, he didn't always do it. Sometimes he stretched the yeah. budget, but on other times he didn't. Not when we we're top of the league. If he, you know, the, if, if if the club's in with a chance of doing something, it's very rare that any board would not want to push it a little bit yeah. more. So that's why it's being done. But ultimately, everything comes at a cost. You know, you, you say, okay, we'll bring somebody in, so we'll sell Caroma, Ekpatita, and Bond, shall we? And then we can afford to bring loads of players in. But that's not the, that's not what anybody wants to do, you know. So we keep our assets, we reject big offers for for these players in January, and we keep our assets and we try and strengthen it. But it's got to be the right player at the right time. And I'm sorry if people don't like that, if they want to see a sign in every day, but it doesn't work like that. A great point about Karoma in terms of turning down a six figure yeah. sum on transfer deadline day. And with that amount of money, you could probably go out and spend yeah, get like two or three yeah. players with that Karoma money. Yeah, you could have probably gone and signed the whole AFC Fold or Solly Holmore's team. Yeah. So you know. It's not what we wanted to do. We wanted to keep Josh Caroma. We think he can help us get promoted this season and in the future. So, turned down. Like it. Like it. Have we been in a position while you were CEO where we've had that sort of offer come in where we've turned it down as well that you can remember? I'm asking uh, a probably a long yeah, stretch yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. We did turn offers down. We turned down <laughs> loads of offers for Moses. Yeah, not surprising. Um, yeah, we Gabby. Turned, yeah, we turned down offers for Gabby. Um, trying to think of other players in between Jason Dimitriou. Um, my memory's not that good but yeah we, we, we used to turn down players because you have to look at it If you let's say you've got an offer a low six figure offer what are you going to do with that money you know do you need bailing out to pay the banks off to stay in business well probably not so you know we're not we're not crisis club in inverted commas where we're hand to mouth you know so you don't need to accept that, that kind of offer yeah. um, if it's a, a life changing offer like a million quid for Moses or Gabby or whatever and also if it's the right move for the player you can't turn down, if someone comes in and offers a huge amount of money for a young player, that's going to change that young player's life. It's going to give them a chance to play their football at a much higher level. It's going to make them in a much more financially uh, secure position for the rest of their life. It's going to you know, give them everything they dreamed of going up. And you say no to it, 
you've lost that player anyway. Yeah, he's gone. You know, I was. I mean, I don't want to go over old ground, but when Moses' agent sat in front of me and said, "He's not going to play for Leighton Orient anymore," he wasn't being awkward about it. He was just saying, "He's reached the end of his line at Leighton Orient, and as a footballer, he needs to go somewhere bigger and better now." You know, now it hurts me to describe Brentford as better, but unfortunately, <laughs> you know, they're a Championship <laughs> football club, and yeah. we we weren't. Yeah. You know, so you you. You, you do the right deal and that's the way it works yeah. you know you don't just stubbornly say no 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 we're not a selling club everyone's a selling club because everybody's got a price yeah exactly he's back there now um, he is back there now sorry he's playing again which is he good is cause very because he broke his leg yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great answer so thank you uh, no no uh, problem for that one there might be a few tweets of similar that's alright <coughs> I'm always honest so yeah. pandemonium <laughs> 18... <laughs> if I don't, like, don't believe you Pandemonium1881 tweeted in and said, Another difficult game out of the way. Disappointing to concede in stoppage time of the first half, but we stay top and it's another game nearer to the end of the season. Belt up, hose fans. We're in for a bumpy ride. Uh, Paul R. Gregory says, Poor performance against a poor side as we lack to flare. Brophy should be head and shoulders above the opposition and only look the player when he switched to the left. This slump is still very much with us. Adult Swim 1 said, Your heart sinks when we announce Alibi's coming on as a sub. It really, It's really time to give Satoru a chance. Alibi FC Chaz is looking ahead. Says, We have to win the next three league games leading up to Wrexham. There's a point minimum from the Wrexham game to get right back on track. Sam Braniff said, Decent point, a long way from home, but we need to strengthen in midfield and up front. We could have been six to nine points clear if we took our chances over the last few weeks. Solihull Moors have the momentum now. I, th- I think, sorry to interrupt you on that, I think that's sure. probably the overall feeling of frustration, isn't it? That we have, we are still top and we have dropped points. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's not as if we're a point clear having been sixth six weeks ago and we've done one we seven in a row and yeah. shot, shot up. You know? So I think that's why people are frustrated. But again, you have to look at it. We've only lost five times, you know, so it's we've only lost twice at home or whatever it is. So it, it, in the wider scheme of things, it's better than maybe the last month to six weeks has shown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think the goal difference as well, you know, our yeah, goal difference is much better than good. any of the teams yeah. near us, which, yeah. which, which, which is an extra good. point in its own yeah. right. Which could be huge coming into the season that Stassi Stassi wasn't happy. He said, very disappointed that our current performance poor shows no sign of improvement. This is the business end of the season and we just ain't doing the business. Wilco 300 said, good away points, slowly getting some momentum back. Could do with a couple back of back-to-back wins just to calm everybody's nerves. At London, Gary W says, we gained a point in Salford and our last three games have been two wins and a draw. So, I mean, we're talking about seven points from mine. Isn't, isn't nothing to be sniffed at. No. However, we have a number of injured players to come back and only one more league game this month. We will come good all to play for in March and April. I mean, that's a good point. Only one more league game in February, and that's the game you look at on paper and you go, right, we'll we should win that with the team that we've got. Yeah, yeah. but it's made yeah. ahead, and you go, right, we should, we should be made ahead even with the team. So then, all being well, then in three weeks' time, when we're into March and playing our league games, you'd argue that Josh and um, and Marvin and, and Dates will all be back and we'll have a fit and we'll barring any other injuries that yeah. we'll pick up between now and then, you'd think that you'd have, well, Justin would have a full strength side to. Yeah, I think Saturday was the first time. Possibly this season, um, that you know, when you looked at the bench, it was very young. You know, apart from Alabi, I don't think there was another senior player on the bench really. Uh, probably mm-hmm. Sam Sargent was the second oldest. Yeah. So we are down to the bare bones in that respect. Um, but you know, as you say, some of those players are, are not very far away from from coming back. And with one of the games coming up being a trophy fixture, then uh, you know, That's hopefully, uh, hopefully balances it out a bit. Fantastic, uh, London, Gary. Uh, yeah, London Gary W said we gained a point on Salford, and our last three games have been two wins and a draw. 
Read that one, mate. Done that one. Sorry, yeah. my bad. O's fan basing said some of the tweets today are so negative. We're still top point away. Penalty saved by Brill. We're non-league and can't just bring in top strikers. Which is was what... that? Was that my message? Did I send that one? <laughs> <laughs> if you're O's fan basing, then yeah. Matt yeah, Porter yeah. said um, we are non-league and we just can't bring in top strikers. Win at home, draw away. That will do me. Let's have a bit of positivity. I'll go back to the trophy quickly. Yeah. Has it been discussed at ball level, Wembley? Yeah, we or... want to win it. But in terms of what ha- what would happen if we got to Wembley, what would we be looking to do as a club in terms of ticketing? Are you thinking that far oh, ahead? Oh no, we haven't, so, we haven't right. that far ahead yet. So I, think we, I think there'll be enough seats. Step by step. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you hope so? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Orion, underscore Vikings. <laughs> if we want to go up, we need a forward and midfielder. We can't keep on relying on other teams screwing it up. Uh, to get Alpha to underscore underscore mega I said fans need to respect the manager the players and the management we are top of the league and doing fantastically well especially considering where we were just a short time ago with some luck we will get promoted and let's just enjoy the ride followed up by King Laurie 7 who said I have a sneaky feeling we're headed for the playoffs and if we can go into them with Bond still on the books I'd have bitten your hand off for that at the start of the season so Bond you know, yeah. done the business for a Yeah, it's season, funny, isn't right? it? I mean, Macaulay's, what's he got, 20, 20 goals, you know? And, and 21, if you count ahead of it. Yeah. Okay. That was yeah, given yeah, away, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, you know, he'd probably say by his own standards, he's perhaps not been, you know, on all, all cylinders the last few weeks mm. as well. But you look at him against Maidstone, you know, that was really crucial second goal he got and then clinically dispatched the penalty. Yeah. I mean, can't put a price on a goal scorer like that. Can yeah, you, really? the form is there. It's just wait. He just needs a bit of service. Uh, at Essex Biz said, good battling point. I'll take one all, all day long after Brill saving a penalty and not being at our best. But huge credit to our great travelling fans. On to the next one. Yeah. Hashtag top of the league still. Orange Fan TV was very uh, hopeful. Says, did we lose today? No. Are we still top of the league? Yes. So why all the negativity? Get behind Justin, the coaches, the board and the players. I'd rather be in our position than the others. We've had injuries and struggle lately, but hey, we are still top. Be positive. So we can do yeah. 32 games top What's of the, the point in not being positive? You know, I mean, if you're going to go into work tomorrow and say, oh, it's all gone wrong at Orient, and, the, and your mate who supports whoever looks at the league table and says, well, what are you talking about? You're one point it's, it's only nerves. I genuinely think it's that. And I don't blame everyone's nervous. Of course, we all are. Yeah. We're, we're desperate to get out of the National League. But don't press the panic button, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. East Side Orient said no back-to-back league win since November shows why we aren't breaking clear at the top. However, to get a draw from a long away trip uh, played in difficult conditions with six players unavailable should not be considered a failure. Which good point is a good point. Yeah. And the final word this week goes to Big Ads LFC. Says my little boy Freddie, born this morning, says take the point and move Congratulations. on. <laughs> Related those two. I mean, like my 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 boy Freddie was born. Congratulations, by the way. Take the point. I mean, is, uh, I, don't, right. I, don't, I don't get it. No, I'm just saying, like, we didn't get a draw because well, uh, we wasn't born because we got point. a draw. Sorry, right, I've okay. got confused there. Congra- <laughs> anyway, congratulations, Ads. Well done, I, Ads. I did see the picture on Twitter. Lovely. Yeah, 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 absolutely. absolutely. Well done to Ads and the family. And Ads, mate, your kid's just been born. Get off Twitter and get yeah. holding that baby. Well, Do was something. he at Hartlepool? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> well, it's like that player, what's his name, uh, when the, uh, Newport County, oh, Jay, right. that the missed twins his birth. Or something. Yeah, yeah, missed yeah. the birth of his twins. So let us know if you agree with any of the tweets or what Matt had to say. Let us know your views on that. You can tweet us or an Outlook or you can email us or 
Orient Outlook at Outlook.com or on Facebook at Orient Outlook Podcast and on Instagram at Orient underscore Outlook underscore Podcast. Yep, so uh, thanks to everybody who got in touch and sorry that we couldn't read out uh, every message that we had. Prediction League update then as we now move on. So well done to at PM31970, at Wadsy, at Record Blue App, at Orient underscore Viking, at I am underscore Emo, at Floodgates, at Paul Wee underscore UK, at John Band 6306 that's a catchy Twitter handle if I ever heard one <laughs> at DannyBoy underscore 247 Essex Beers and Bucko 551 who correctly predicted one all and you got three points for that but super well done to Steve Chaplin and uh, SMTH Jack 7 who predicted one all and Joe B to score taking the maximum four points that's, that takes him doing Very it. that's, good. that's Very really good. impressive Very good. Uh, so that means at the top of the prediction league table is as follows so Barry Twin is still top on 28 points he joined late had this surge of getting like five or six games correct and, and has just stayed at the top for a little while now. Mark Shepherd underscore 79 is second with 26 points. 25 points sits Pills of Doman and on 24 points are so just one point behind is Ian Manet, Rennie John. So thanks to everybody uh, for your predictions. If you want to get involved, we usually do a tweet about two hours before a kickoff on any match day. Yep, so moving on into Sunday the 10th of February and today the ladies were in action in the league at home to Denham United and lost at the game unfortunately 2-0 so unlucky to the ladies yeah so uh, question time now um, not that I'm a David Dimbleby but uh, or a Fiona Bruce but we've had obviously quite a few questions come in Matt uh, it won't surprise you to know uh, that there's a lot uh, of uh, a couple of themes that took place here but we'll start off with uh, Gold931 who said whatever happens this season uh, do you think we'll be able to keep Bon and Karoma um I guess it's a personal yes. opinion rather than a... I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, there are obviously players who, who other clubs would be watching, so it all depends what the, what the level of bid that comes in. It goes back to what I said a few minutes ago, really. You know, if, if a bid comes in that is from a club that would you know, be paying us a lot of money and providing a significantly different level of football for those players to mm. play at, then that's how transfers happen. You know? mm. Now, I'm not saying we're looking to sell them or that anybody's definitely going to bid or anything like that. So you just can't tell. I mean, it's a, it's a compliment to them both that they've attracted interest in getting newspaper headlines. That I'm sure yeah. their agents have nothing to do with whatsoever. But, you know, <laughs> Shocking, the, wasn't it? It's just it's, it's it's the way they work. It's, it's fine. It's, it's abs- their business. That's embarrassing. But, <laughs> Full page. Name, company, player, front page of the national non-league. But, yeah, I mean, but, like... Well, look, I mean, ultimately, you know, they've got a job to do and that job is to, you know, enhance their own players' career. So, you know, fair play. But, but the player does that for themselves by scoring goals. They do, they do, but, you know, anyway, you know, point being, can we keep hold? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. You know, it's, a good, it's, it's good that those sort of questions are being asked, ra- yes, you know, yeah. rather than us having nobody in the squad or anybody take any interest in, which is positions we have been in in, in yeah. the past. Yeah, and the fact that we're turning down decent yeah, six-figure yeah. sums totally, from yeah. Yeah, yeah. massive yeah. clubs, yeah. arguably. Yeah. Rule Archer underscore. I think we've probably covered this, but we'll ask it anyway. How comes we haven't strengthened in centre mid uh, and strike areas of the pitch, especially with the recent injuries and lack of quality in these areas? But well, I think you pretty much. Yeah, covered I mean, it. as you, uh, you know, as, as I've said, you know, they're they're, they're aware of the position. They every time they've asked for more resources from from Nigel and Kent and the, and the board, but it's obviously predominantly Nigel and Kent. The answer's been yes. So, you know, it's not a question of um, all the money's been spent or anything like that. Well, that already has happened, but you know, <laughs> some of the extra money. There's a little bit more. Whatever you know, there's, yeah. a, there's a little bit more down the back of the sofa. So, <laughs> how comes they haven't? Because they haven't found the right player that they that they want to bring in. You know, and yeah. I'm sure that process is is you know drawing to a close or underway. Uh, 
Sorry, continuing, you know. Cool. The Authentic Gaz asks, I heard a rumour of season ticket deals for five or ten year tickets uh, that, that was being spoken about. Is there any truth in this or that's any not, news? That's any not deals? something we've discussed, no. Okay. Uh, unless Gary's getting uh, confused maybe with this season ticket for life draw that was taking place right. at yeah, some yeah, yeah. point, possibly. Yeah, but that was yeah, a yeah. line up in the last, yeah. maybe. That's something I can think of. Maybe they'll let us know, Gaz, how you heard that. Uh, Essex Biz says, Matt, in your own opinion, where do you think the team should be strengthened? Um... I think in respect of the player, in terms of the the players we've got under full contracts, I think we, you know we've got um, we've got sufficient cover in each area. What I probably you know what's interesting this year is we've only had one player on loan. It didn't work out. The young lad from Crystal Palace, yeah, Levi. Levi. Yeah. You know? yeah, um, whereas normally you would you would have half a dozen players on loan throughout the season. So rather than say look, let's go and strengthen this position with a two and a half year contract player because we know that ultimately when our first team is out, as in out on the pitch. We're the best team in the division and we win the game. Generally, that, that's been proven you know, this season. So where should we be looking to strengthen is areas where we happen to be weak at any given point because of injuries or anything like that. You know, and that might be a sitting on the fence answer, but it's one I genuinely believe. I don't think there's a glaring hole. We're not really having to play players out of position, which is often a, a, a tell that you haven't got enough strength in depth. You know, every, mm. every position's got two players. So um, you know, I think it's, it's a moving feast, that, the answer to that question. Cool. So is everything from Twitter? Yeah, um, we had some uh, quite a few questions from the from the forum. One in particular uh, in relation to Orient and the financial fair play ruling. Does that apply to us in the national league? The, the, you have to submit a budget that you have to stick within, but we're we're okay with that. You know, there's a certain amount of leeway, and we're we're all right. We're you know we we're generating um, more revenue than we thought we would. You know, I mean it's the the, the commercial side of the club's really really doing well. Um, you know, obviously tickets are still quite cheap. You know, particularly compared to when we were in League One or League Two. So, although we're selling a lot of tickets, um, you know, it's not producing tons and tons and tons of revenue. Um, but you know, the, the the amount of sponsorship and hospitality and stuff that the guys in the office are selling is fantastic. So we're exceeding budget on those levels. Um, but we're, there's no issue with us being falling foul of any financial fair play controls. No yeah. problem at all. Good to hear. Mary Lando has also put a question about Alibi. And Gorman says, do you think they've been a waste of money? I love those sort of questions. What do you want me to say? As a director like, of the football club, uh, yeah, yeah, in your right. official capacity. Yeah. I mean, look, okay, down. so have James Alabi and Dale, and Dale Gorman been a waste of money? No. You know, are either of them going to win player of the year? No. But they're both good, honest professionals yeah. who are doing their best when they're brought into the side. They train well. They've got a good attitude. You know, if some fans don't like them, well, unfortunately, that's the way, fo- that's the way football goes. And... Neither of them have been first choice for too much of the season. You know, usually used as a sub or whatever. Yeah. They're both valuable squad players. Um, the gentleman, Ken, asks, I recall Matt saying that Orient had an agreement with the council to build a new 5,000-seater east stand. If so, has this changed uh, with news of a potential hotel, stroke stand option or some mixed-use structure or is this capacity stand still an... Original capacity stand still an option? Do you yeah, know? I'm not you sure. I think there's a, I think... The, there's some element of it. I'm not sure I would have said we had an agreement with the council. You know, I seen. I remember we had some, some, you know, some discussions over it and some plans and things like that. But it obviously never was funded, so it never went forward to planning commission, and we never had final drawings commissioned or anything like that. Right. But the concept, um, the concept of a new east stand, um, you know, with, you know, whatever number of seats would be required, whether it's single tier, double tier, whether it includes a hotel, retail space, office space, hospitality space, whatever. That that concept does exist. Yeah. 
Sure I guess and it is it, just it is just a concept. There's yeah. no I can't show you a pretty picture or a, a budget a for it or anything. Yeah. Like that, you know? okay. I guess it would hit a buffer when we realised that the stand's got asbestos in it and it would cost a significant amount. Yeah, Was that, the, 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 the cost for asbestos removal has, has dropped significantly in recent years. It's still very expensive, but there's some new method or something, I think. So um, that would obviously be a major consideration, but um, <coughs> you know, it, it wouldn't prevent it happening. Mm-hmm. Cool. Ralph quotes, so I'd like to know how the two structures, structures compare from when Matt, you were CEO to Barry uh, and how it is now with director of football. And yeah, I think I, I really like the director of football concept, and it's one of the things I put to, Ni- to Nigel and Ken, you know, back in, in the early, you know early days, because um, the business has grown so much in respect of the, the whole football side. You know, if you look at every department that Martin has control over, and also every department that Danny has control over, it's too much for one person, really. Um, you know, when you, when you look at the, the first team, the academy, sports science, uh, the medical, the training ground logistics for travel, um, transfers, player contracts, all of that sort of stuff on one side. And then on the other side, commercial, stewarding, ticketing, marketing, catering, uh, hospitality, fan relations, uh, key stakeholder relations, responses, local council, media, and things like that. They come under Danny's remit. It's a lot for one person to do that. Um, You know, so the more and more clubs have got a director of football now, I think it's. Um, I think before long, everyone will have one. You know, we're we're by no means the only club in the national league to have one. There's at least half a dozen, I would say. So, um, it's uh, it's here to stay. I think in in the British football world, and and I think it's a concept that's working well for us. I know, you know, Justin likes having that additional level of of um, support and and communication and things like that as well. Um, and ultimately, we're still small enough that everybody talks not about everything, but about most things, you know, and gets involved when they need to. Mm. But then we're big enough that everything has got its own separate area to be managed, if you, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the concept and, um, you know, I think it's uh, I think it's a good one for the football club. Awesome. Cool. Mungo lightheartedly says, I'd like to know if Matt can release that high-pitched yes on demand or if it's purely emotional with an asterisk saying, watch the promotion highlights from Oxford. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. No need to video? try it now. No need to try it now. I wasn't but... doing commentary at Oxford. I, I... Well, apparently there's a high pitch yes. It's on our Twitter is it? account. Yeah. Oh, send it to me. Oh, oh, I, it, oh no, no, it's, not, it's on the forum. It's okay. on the forum. I beg your pardon. There. I was just very happy. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> I, never seen that one. I was most happy that I hadn't slipped over on the pitch, getting <laughs> yeah. over, getting over to the to the players with the bottles of champagne in normal work shoes which yeah. are very slippery on grass but there you go David Barrett keeps up the uh, promotion uh, interest by saying after getting stranded with a flat tyre after the Oxford game have you now learned how to change a wheel <laughs> yeah David helped me that day and I'm forever grateful <laughs> but uh, you're okay now yeah I'm okay. I, I'm okay I pumped him up at the garage the other day so I'm right. <laughs> fantastic <laughs> got the AA on speed dial um Okay, I think that that was it. I mean, a lot of the questions, obviously, as you know, uh, were, were around the West End and yeah. what that all meant. But I think just to reiterate that is the fact that it was that section of the lease was sold to a third party company who are now selling it. It's not Matrim, it's not Barry, it's not you, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not you know, the club. It's no, I, I, the, a another third the, party. The NHS space is, um, I think, it's <coughs> Oliver Road Partnership. I think they're called. Right, and they're selling the NHS. They're selling the NHS space now. You know, people will argue that there's there's rent due on those, and some people will say, well, that you know, if the club hadn't have sold it, that rent would have been due to the club, and yeah, it would have been had you know, assuming there was a tenant. Um, but also at the time, the club needed 
a lot of money, in best part of £10 million, to build the new West and North stands and didn't want to borrow the money um, because of you know the cost involved in borrowing. So that was the decision that was taken. And you know some people won't like that decision, haven't liked it since day mm. one and might not like it till day dot, but ultimately that was the decision that was made. This um, lease sale um, of, of the NHS space and, and the uh, primary care trust space will not have any impact on the, on the club's business. It's, it's not space that the club uses. Um, and there will be conditions within that lease about how it sits alongside the club's lease. So it really isn't anything for, you know, for people to, to worry about. And they might not want to believe that, but that's down to them. Yeah, I think that's probably a lot of misunderstanding. Maybe, yeah. I mean, I don't think, things like that are very complicated. You know, as I, say, I wasn't chief exec when it was all done. And I, I've never seen those, the documents. I'm not something I was ever involved in. But I understand it to a, a basic enough level to explain that. And I do understand why people don't un- understand that or aren't in possession of the facts around that. Because it is complicated yeah. and it is scary. You know, you think, well, someone buys the West Stand and kicks the club out tomorrow and then we haven't yeah. got an office and a, this dressing room. And it's not possible. Mm-hmm. Fine. So let's wrap this up then. Fantasy football update. James Petrell still tops the Orient Outlook lead with 1,602 points. He's just 22 ahead of Sam Massingham, who's in second place with points still to be added. Steve, you're doing well in 29th, and I've dropped like an absolute stone to 71st. So it looks like you're going to be doing the pod in your pants. So we've got an agreement. I will not be doing the pod in my pants. The other one, the other one has to come to the other one's house. It was Dream Team, wasn't it? In the pants. Dream Team one. No, it wasn't a right. Dream Team one, my friend. It's a Dream <laughs> Team update. I rockin' back has made huge strides this week in Lisa Orient Outlook Podcast Dream Team League on 1,626 points. So he's well ahead of Jay Linton now in second place on 1,563 points. I'm in 21st place on 1,373 points. But Paul had a very jammy day due to Man City basically getting all your jammy. points. So you're two places now it's and calculated. one point behind me. Out of 112 players. I, I, I think it's a bit stringy to say it was lucky that you got points because Man City did well. I mean, isn't that every week? No, he had, to, he had Aguero and like uh, <laughs> Sterling. It was the same got, thing. Like, and don't Aguero and Sterling do well every week? Every week. <laughs> so why don't you have him <laughs> That's why you pick them in your team, isn't it? <laughs> Matt, if you could just go and call Man City and get Sorry, Aguero yeah, and Sterling. Oh, yeah, I'll get them online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make a phone call. We need Aguero. Martin found him at Pep Red Button. Yeah, because we hosted Liverpool. Yeah. So, moving on then, uh, as we wrap this up, hour and 20, 80 minutes on the clock here. So, positives uh, and negatives. Another point, we're still top of the yeah, league. absolutely. Uh, lots to be lots positive, to be positive about. about there. More live streaming for the Orient fans uh, who uh, are abroad. Uh, and away fan numbers for this game and all season have been absolutely uh, outstanding. Yeah, so three big positives to take away. Negatives, the JMD injury. Uh, and I can't injury this, but it sounds like it's getting better. So hopefully in a couple of weeks that will clear up. Uh, the second one, obviously teams below us now are starting to put pressure on. So they all look like they're in a good zone like we've spoken about. No real pressure being forced on them from their fan base. And the third, you could say it's a negative to come, but the fixture congestion. So we'll see how that one plays out. But that actually could work in our favour yeah. in terms of you might find we might have more players If you've got players back. back and you're on good form, then you want more of the fixtures to come thick and fast, don't you? Yeah, no, absolutely. So moving on into our Hero of the Weeks this week, we didn't put it to Twitter. We just kind of decided yeah. for ourselves. So this week, uh, quite pleased to announce a bit of an unsung hero, really, as keepers always are. If they make an error, you can lose you the game or you know, very rarely do they get you a goal. So our Hero of the Week this week is... Dean Brill, yeah, well done, Brillo. Well, you know, 
penalty well saving and clean sheets. Yeah, so next week's fixtures in it's just the one match for the O's this week as Maidenhead United visit the Brave Group Stadium on Saturday the 16th of February. So Maidenhead are currently 19th in the National League. They're just one point above the relegation places after a 1-0 win at home against Bournemouth on Saturday. Decent result for them, I'd say, yeah. on the back of that. So it's a game we sh- really should be winning. So let's get behind the team, be the 12th man and guide the O's on to a vital victory. So if you're on the the way to the game give us a tweet during the game tweet us after the game tweet us and if you see us in or around the ground come say hello or even shout oi oi that seems to be happening more and more often which is always nice <laughs> it's funny it makes me laugh it's up by I guess <laughs> <laughs> so that is it thank you very much indeed for joining us for episode one three, uh, sorry 171 uh, another week passes as the O's uh, in which uh, we've seen uh, the Premiership leaders train at our ground. Danny Happy has taken the Player of the Month award at least for the part of the West 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 Ham, I was going to say, I can't talk now. West Ham being put up for sale and a big celebration around Joby McEnough's 700th career appearance. On the pitch, it was the captain who did all the business as his goal and a Dean Brill penalty save helped the O's gain a one-all draw and a valuable point away to Hartlepool uh, and stay top of the National League. So we're going to be back with episode 172 next week with all the information and views that you could ever need. I believe 172 may have a special guest. We'll have to it might be, up. yes, yeah. we need confirmation on that. Absolutely, so if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe and give the podcast a review. So we've got 49 reviews now on iTunes, so they're starting to come in thick and fast. That's so very yeah. good. So thank you for all the reviews that have come in. If you're listening on SoundCloud, TuneIn and Stitcher, add us to your favourites, and that way you'll have the podcast available as soon as they're uploaded. Also now on Spotify, we're on uh, Google Echoes and Amazon Alexas, so all the latest tech, we're all over that. Mungo from the message board has said, the Pocket Casts app is a very good app if you are an Android owner, so that's good. So go and download that, and if you have a relative or a loved one who you think will uh, like the pod, please pass on the pod, get them involved, get them listening. And do him a favour, Matt. Always a pleasure. Thanks, chaps. We, I think we Thanks for coming in. Yeah, yeah. we have Nigel and Kent back for a promotion party. You're more than welcome. Hopefully, thank you. I'll serve the drinks. If that happens. <laughs> One last question from you, then. What's your message to the final 14 games, Swan fans? Keep positive. Keep the faith. Listen, I know we're. As I've said, I think everyone's going to get edgy because that's the way it is. But we need yeah. to get the atmosphere going at home. So get behind the lads. Let's cheer them on to promotion. We know we should be back in the football league. So let's all do it together. Yeah, fantastic. Fantastic. Cool. So yeah. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we've got mugs. We've still got a final few mugs uh, to go. Um, I'll give you yours. Got one. You... Oh, you've got one already. Perfect. Oh. Okay. So can't uh... even give them away. They're <laughs> <laughs> only a five zero. You can get them from us at the ground on a match day. If you want one, DM us or give us an email. So Absolutely. Yeah. So thank Massive you very much, thank you to Mr. Porter. Thank Matt, you. Always a pleasure. We look forward to hearing from you. And as always, keep calm. Have a great week. Have a happy Valentine's Day. And listen. And don't forget your flower orders. Listen to the Orient Outlook podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Up the O's. Up the O's.